This is professional sports handicapper Fairway J, and you're listening to the Vegas Sports Zone Weekly Handicapping Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the NFL Handicapping and Betting Podcast. This is Fairway J. It's week 14 of the NFL season as we push for the playoffs. And we got a full card again this week. No buys this week. Everyone's in action again, and we'll have uh, the Thursday night and Sunday analysis in just a minute. I've got to talk to you for just a moment regarding our promotion last week and the remarkable run I'm on with regards to not only all plays, which every sport, all four sports, we won all full card club members last week, won on all sports, but our top play clubs were sick, out of sight, profitable. And I know many of the members are going to roll it right back in, and we're going to have the same 39 promotional package, $39 for a full week of top plays. That's NFL, college football, and it's championship week, college basketball, and NBA. And I want you to listen to these numbers and think of the profits you could have made last week. Now, we're not going to have these weeks every week. In fact, we're, it's difficult to produce the profits in these numbers. But I want you to listen to this again. Last week, we released four 20-star top play big drive plays, and we went 4-0. That was 2-0 in college football. That was included in our rivalry game of the year on Auburn outright over number one Alabama. We also had Colorado State in college football, a huge winner. In, N- in NFL, our 120-star top play big Bertha play was on the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving, 40-10, crushing of the Packers. And in the NBA, our first, or excuse me, our second 20-star, we're not 2-0 on those, and it's a winner on the Houston Rockets outright over the previously undefeated home court of the San Antonio Spurs, 4-0 on those top plays. College basketball for the week from November 24th to November 30th. We didn't have any plays on Sunday, December 1st. We went 4-0 on our top-rated 15-star big drive plays. For the week in college football, we went 4-1 on all top plays. That's Big Bertha, 20-star, Big Drive, 15-star. I rate those two units and one-and-a-half units. And we went 2-1 and one on all top plays in the NFL. That included a top play teaser, which easily won on the Lions and Panthers. I want you to think about all those numbers and the profits you could have made because I've had a lot of response to the top play club. I thought about promoting something this week where you had to move on and sign up more to get the top plays, but we're going to keep it at $39 gets you all the top plays for the next week. I take the time to do this because I get so many different inquiries. I, I, if you have an email you want to send me where you have a better service, a better professional service that offers these kind of rates for these kind of plays, let me know, fairwayj at gmail.com, because again, $39, I mean, you're getting these plays for like less than $5 a play many times with the numbers I release, but in Full Card Club, you know that I'm heavy on volume. We only went... 10 and 5 in college football last week. We only went 9, 3 and 1 on all plays and opinions and teasers and everything that full card club members had in the NFL. 9, 3 and 1, 6, 2 and 1 on Sunday. It was a winning week in both NBA. I think we went 5 and 4 in NBA, but we had the top plays, winners that were profitable, even more so. And in college basketball, another winning week. We finished off a couple losers, but top place 4 and 0. Oh. So $39 to get all the top plays. But this week, I'd like you to come on and get all the plays because we're going to continue that forward with college basketball and NBA really heating up and picking up. And remember, this is the last week for the college football regular season. 
So this promo won't be able to continue. But I'm going to give you $20 off the $89 weekly rate. You go to VegasSportsZone.com. You register. If you're already signed up, you go to the sign-in page. And you plug in the discount code 20 off. That's 20OFF. And you'll get this week's full card club for just $79. All plays are released in NFL, college football, NBA, and college basketball. I look forward to taking advantage. Keep in mind, we're going to have a lot of opportunities moving forward in the month of December with some of the big plays in NFL. We've got the playoffs coming up, the college bowl season. I'll be offering some promotional things. But those that are regular clients, take advantage this week. Top play club. Give back a little bit. We had a huge week. VegasSportsZone.com. We're back in just a moment with the Week 14 NFL Betting Podcast. Okay, we're back. Let's go to the Thursday night game. Oh, a dandy here, huh, for those that want to watch. Interesting still. If you haven't known, there was an article I saw recently that they had the top-rated television shows in uh, all TV. Every show, whether it's uh, sports or otherwise, and the top 18 slots were all NFL games. That's how popular the NFL is. So even though we have Houston at Jacksonville on Thursday night, you know it's going to get watched. You know it's going to get bet. And game 101 is the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Texans laying three on the road. The total is 43. And if you haven't looked at the standings, we know how bad the Jaguars are historically, maybe one of the worst teams ever. Well, guess what? The Houston Texans are the worst team in the league record-wise now at 2-10. and 10. The Jaguars are sitting there at 3-9, and nine, along with Tampa Bay and Atlanta, occupying the uh, bottom spot. So this becomes a game maybe for the top draft choice next year. And the Houston Texans, again, we had them as plus 7 last week, had a shot to win that outright against New England. they got to travel now in a short week. I always mention that's a difficult situation. And while we took the value and the, the letdown situation we talked about with New England coming off two huge games, including Denver, and they uh, struggled a little bit last week, they load up in the second half to get the Texans. The Texans are a team that find ways to lose instead of win. Certainly the Jaguars are that way as well, but the Jaguars ran it almost 30 times last week in their upset win at Cleveland, putting up 32 points. The offense is still bad, just 4.4 yards per play, but that was against a solid um, Browns defense, and I expect a little better offensive production this week. Chad Henney, I think, is doing a pretty good job overall. They'll run the ball. They're getting a little healthier along the lines. And uh, I want no part of this Texas team as a favorite role on the road, regardless, even against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, remember, beat the Texans just weeks ago. I'm going to just double-check so you have some statistical things to look at in remembering that um, Jacksonville went to Houston November 24th, right before Thanksgiving week, and they beat the Texans 13-6. to with limited production, but the Jags did have over 330 yards offense, and they held Texans to just 200 and about 220 yards of offense. Case Keenum now on the road. I think they have to consider the undrafted rookie quarterback situation here and plan on the Jaguars. If I'm going to pick a side, it will be the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Okay, before I get to all the Sunday games in the top of the card, take some notes here because I'm going to read. I've done all the look ahead for the projected weather situations. And I'm going to advise you again, as I do in many of the week's podcasts, to anticipate where these lines are going to go. And I can assure you that almost all of these totals are going to move down where I talk about weather of a concern. But many of them are going to come down 
on Friday, Saturday, and then, of course, so many bettors wait till Sunday to bet the NFL, and by then, they'll have lost a point or a point and a half, two points in some of these if the weather really gets bad. We saw that just a couple of weeks ago where I forewarned you, but, boy, there's some concerns here this week, and you got to be ready to, to watch the conditions and the weather and uh, be sure you're following along. So give me just a minute. I'm going to double-check the weather situations because I wrote it all down and took the notes, and here we go. Um, I'm going to rattle this off so you have them now instead of in each game's recap. In Washington on Sunday, they play the Chiefs. It's going to be about freezing temps, just over maybe 34 degrees, 60% chance of freezing rain coming in, 10 mile an hour wind. So we know the total is going to come down. So if you like it at 45 now, bet it under, and you'll be able to have a nice opportunity to look the other way or make first half wagers accordingly. 10 mile an hour winds in Washington. The Baltimore Ravens host the Minnesota Vikings. You're looking at about 35 degrees, 60% chance of wintry mix, rain and snow, cloudy, about 10 mile an hour winds. In New England, they host the Cleveland Browns in Foxborough. It's going to also be near freezing temperatures, partly cloudy, light winds. Cincinnati, they host the Indianapolis Colts. You're looking at about 33 degrees, again, near 60% chance of freezing rain, cloudy, 10 mile an hour winds. The Jets, yes, the bad, lowly Jets, our only really bad play last week. They're home again. They host the Raiders, and East Rutherford's going to be about 35 to 37 degrees, 30% chance of rain and snow, cloudy, 7-mile-per-hour winds. Again, these can change, as you know, but I'm giving you an opportunity to get ahead of because many of these totals, I think, are going to come down from what they're being offered at now. Um, Philadelphia and Detroit, you want to be sure to double-check here because you have another situation where you're going to have a wintry mix and mid-30s temperatures. Pittsburgh, they host Miami, who just went um, and knocked off the Jets. They go back to warm weather, fly back out east to Pittsburgh. Not a good situation to me. 38 degrees in Pittsburgh, but a 50. And that, as the game goes in that evening, they're expecting 80% chance of rain and snow, cloudy and 8 mile per hour near game time. Green Bay is the... Uh, they, they've moved the Green Bay game to um, early morning. That was originally going to be scheduled as the, the late game, but they've moved that up, and it's going to be in the 20s, below freezing temperature, cloudy, about 8 miles per hour. The late game's indoors now, the Sunday night game. They've moved the marquee game, Carolina at New Orleans, to Sunday evening. I'm going to give you one last Monday night, of course, in Chicago. I don't talk about that here, but pay attention. You've got some wind, uh, weather and wind conditions. It's going to be cold. I know that at Soldier Field Monday night. And then the warm weather cities, San Francisco, San Diego, uh, Arizona, and Glendale, they're all going to be 50 to 60 degrees. It looks like partly cloudy, mostly sunny, light winds in those locations. San Tampa, of course, the warmest place this week, 80 degrees, partly cloudy. So there's your weather recap. I hope that helps you in your look ahead for handicapping. And as I go through these games, be sure to uh, keep that in mind. Okay, top of the card, game 131, Kansas City Chiefs. They're favored by three, three and a half in places on the road at Washington. 45 is the total. You know, if you watched the uh, Washington Redskins play their rival in division game last week, Sunday night, I couldn't make heads or tails of that game. I had actually thought Washington was going to come with a real good effort against uh, the Giants. They did outrush them. Rare losing situation where they ran the ball over 30 times for 139 yards and outrushed the Giants 139 to 80, but lack of production overall, just 4.8 yards for play. Griffin just not getting it done enough, but protection's been an issue. We know how bad their defense is. 
They only gave up 286 yards of offense. That's something to be concerned with if you're a Giants fan. But this week, I just still can't support them. I, I, we know that the Kansas City Chiefs defense the last three weeks has been dreadful. I mean, they started so strong this season, but we talked many times about the incompetent and really backup quarterbacks they were facing week after week. Well, now the last few weeks, three weeks now, they faced Peyton Manning twice, Phillip Rivers once, and you saw the Broncos roll up over 500 yards on the Chiefs on their home field last week in victory. So the Chiefs come in now having lost three straight games, but they still have the better defense. Yet the running game, I think, of Washington still has a little advantage in this one, but I can't get behind the Redskins even as underdog. I just, like I said, I think situationally, they're going to play their best. It had to be against the division game last week. Their season's lost. Washington is out of the playoff chase now. They're done after being a playoff team last year. Where's the motivation? you got to question what the players are going to be thinking and doing. you got to look at some of the injuries here. The Chiefs come into the game a little dinged up. They've got an outside linebacker that's banged up. Their left tackle top, Albert, is uh, very doubtful this week. So that's a concern, which maybe has me looking with some lack of uh, offensive proficiency. When you factor in the weather situation, maybe the preferred play is the under. But again, watch that as the week goes on. I just know that this week, even as an underdog at home and the adjusting value in the lines, I won't be on the Washington Redskins. Okay, 133 game number. The Minnesota Vikings travel to Baltimore. Take on the Ravens, who are laying seven at home. The total is 43. How many times have I been on this podcast saying the Ravens? I just can't get over how this team gets outplayed seemingly. It's the stats-wise, stats and they continue to cover. Last week, they get the home win, 22-20. They don't cover, plus two and a half of the Steelers, the Packers that took them. As the late comes in, the late score, missed the two-point conversion, which only helps Baltimore betting backers uh, of uh, Pittsburgh betting backers and Baltimore avoid, but still, the Ravens find ways to win. They're not completely dead yet. I just don't think this team is, is a quality team after uh, winning the Super Bowl last year. You look at the standings right now, and you see Cincinnati on top of this division by two, two games clear of the 6-6 uh, six and six Baltimore Ravens. But, of course, 6-6 six and six right now puts them in a tie for that second wild card with the Miami Dolphins. So this becomes still a pretty big game, and yet I'm not getting behind the Ravens even land this price against the Vikings because I think the ground game is going to still be very strong for Minnesota in this game. You look at last week, the results, and you see that the uh, Baltimore Ravens at home against Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, of course, can scheme a lot better than the Vikings and know their opponent. We see a lot of close games. But still, look at the Ravens last week. They only put up 311 yards at home at 5.0 yards per play. They didn't turn the ball over again, but just 74 yards rushing on 25 carries. That's been their real problem all year. And when you look at this matchup, you have to give probably a pretty decent-sized edge to Minnesota in the running game. They come off the uh, big emotional win over Chicago. Not a lot to play for, but I think Minnesota still plays pretty loose. The concern I have with uh, the Vikings a little bit this week is that Adrian Peterson had a monster game last week, but he carried the ball 35 times. That's got to wear on him as the season continues to go and on the road here. Very difficult to play the Vikings under the total with this dreadful defense, but in this weather and the lack of quality quarterback play, you're going to have Matt Castle probably go again here. Ponder starts last week, he plays poorly. Castle comes in, completes the big fourth down to keep a drive alive and ultimately get him the strange win in overtime. But, um, 
no way I'm laying it this week seven with Baltimore with this offense that's lacking. It's either Minnesota or pass, and I'll be looking at the weather situation whether I can get under this total or not. Okay, it's Tuesday. As you know, I record this game, 135 Cleveland at New England. There's no line posted, so I'm going to pass on this game right now and uh, post maybe post some things, watch for me to tweet some things out, as well as maybe I'll take a look at this um, in the article. But I will just tell you that New England has played you know, off the Carolina physical game where they lost on the road, came back and played Denver at home in a you know high-profile game. They come back from 24-0 rally, complete letdown spot last week. We take advantage with the Texans in a wire-to-wire cover job as an underdog, but New England puts a lot into that second half last week again. Now they come home against the struggling Cleveland team that, boy, if Brandon Whedon goes, he's still winless as a starter for Cleveland this year, including a loss last week to the Jaguars. You know New England's going to be a big favorite here. But it's probably going to be a play where I count on the defenses on both teams. Maybe a little lower scoring, but no liner told yet on this one. Let's move on to game 137. The Oakland Raiders at the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. The Jets laid 2.5, is the total. And I started to go on a tangent here about the Jets. Our only real bad, our only loser that was in any way the wrong side, it was a very bad play last week on the Jets. Thought the running game would be able to be a difference and they'd slow the run. And statistically, it played out. Um, if you look at some of the numbers last week, Miami just dominated the Jets last week. <laughs> Chino Smith, I mentioned on this podcast how I just probably can't get behind this team with him. But remember, they beat New Orleans on this field. I thought at home they'd, they'd have a better game and a betting running game, but just did not play out. Geno Smith is terrible. I mean terrible. And so how can you support him in the favor? Well, he's probably not going to start. And if that's the case, then they put this undrafted rookie Sims in. He wasn't a lot better last week. Jets outrushed 125-99 to last week. The Dolphins pounded at him 36 times. And i got to believe the Raiders will do the same this week with their rookie quarterback, McGloin. I still don't see any signs yet that Pryor, Terrell Pryor is going to be back in action. But um, they seemingly have the running game to take advantage. The Raiders still run the ball pretty effectively. Maybe not so on the Jets' D here, but I think this game with a rookie quarterback on both sides, I think we have to look under this total, which not only will the weather bring it down, but I think the matchups and everything. This this could be just an ugly, limited big plays and just underneath stuff. So I think under the total is probably the preferred play. Certainly, we won't be behind the Jets with Geno Smith in, in at quarterback. And and uh, it's going to take a lot to get behind New York with uh, even coming down the stretch with, with Smith. As you just see, can't make the decisions well and just doesn't read defense as well and was pulled last week again. Indianapolis at Cincinnati. The Colts are, are game number 139. The Bengals are laying five and a half at home. 44 is... The total, and let's do a little comparison here on some teams. Last week, Cincinnati goes out to the West Coast and uh, beats the uh, San Diego Chargers 17-10 to 10 on the road. Solid game. Mike Zimmer, the defensive coordinator, does a good job again with this team. They limit this uh, solid San Diego offense last week. They hold down Phillip Rivers. I mean, 243 passing doesn't seem like relatively low, but all things considered, they hold this Chargers offense down to 334 yards and 5.3 yards per play. But more impressive was the Bengals' balanced offense, 164, rushed 38 times and 190 pass. That's going to be the difference in this game, in my mind, 
as um, the Bengals are 5-0 and straight up and against the spread at home. Might not seem like getting a lot of value. In fact, some people might look at the Colts and say, wow, I can get a team that's beaten Denver, the team that's beaten San Francisco, a team that's beaten Seattle, I can get them plus an underdog role. But let's look at current form, and you're going to see that this Colts team's struggling. Remember, this is the same team that lost to those Chargers on the road weeks ago, 19-9. They're bad on the road. They struggle. As good as quarterback Andrew Luck has been and continues to carry this team in crunch time, they're starting to show signs. And motivationally, where is it this week for the Colts? They're at 8-4. They're way clear in the division. They do have the number three seed just over the 8-4 Cincinnati Bengals. So both teams are two-plus games clear in the in the division. But And the Colts still have a shot at the number two seed, as do the Bengals. So one of them's going to move ahead this week. But it just doesn't look good to me with the Colts here. They... Again, if you look and get inside the numbers, this is the third in the situations. This is the third time in four weeks the Colts are going to be tra- traveling. And I'm going to give you these numbers to think about. They were outgained by 171 yards at Arizona in a bad loss two weeks ago. They were outgained by 169 yards at Houston. That's This is the uh, Colts. And remember, they had a rally behind luck to pull out a miraculous win. And then they went to San Diego, that 19-9 loss I talk about. And they're outgained by 170 yards there. The same team that the Bengals just outgained and beat 17 to 10. Strong home field, a little bit more motivation, better balance, better defense, better running game. We'll lay the five and a half with the Bengals this week. All right, I'm going to skip over game 141 for just a minute and come back to that because that's the Carolina-New Orleans game has been moved to Sunday night. Let's go to 143, Detroit at Philadelphia. The Eagles land 2.5 and 54 the total. Got to expect a lot of scoring here. Nick Foles, boy, he's not talked about in the top-tier quarterbacks, but all this guy does is put up tremendous numbers. He still, I think, has his interception, no interception streak intact, but he threw one last week only to have it overturned in a key moment that would have put uh, the Arizona Cardinals in field goal range later in the game. But the Eagles prevail, and statistically they weren't very strong on offense, and that shows the strength of the Arizona defense last week. Well, this week I think we're going to see fireworks. The problem is, is 54 is not only a big total, but the weather situation here. And when we get into this, you know, the passing, um, it's just more difficult. The receivers know where they're going if the field gets a little slick. But the wind and the cold, I think, still prevents something. So we'll consider the total and look a little further at that later in the week. But, you know, as I look at this game and some of the projections that I utilize, I actually think Detroit could outrush this team. Last week, we know they just annihilated the Green Bay Packers at home. The week before, remember, they had five turnovers to none for Tampa, and they they got upset. But last week, the Lions rushed for 241. They run it 43 times. They put up 561 yards offense on the Packers at 7.1 yards per play, one of the best offensive production performances of the season. That's at home. Now they go outside, outdoors, on the road. But remember, Philly's been poor. Until their two recent wins, they've really struggled at home. I still think Detroit's the better team. If these teams were to play their best game, Detroit would win this in my mind and be the better team. So as an underdog, I think they might look relatively favorable. And I still think this team could put up 450 yards on the road this week in these conditions. Detroit, for all their issues and problems, they're minus eight in the turnover column this season. Think about that. And then look at the standings and see the Detroit Lions at 7-5 and five are leading the division over the 6-6 six and six Bears and the Packers who are both falling behind with key injuries. Philadelphia tied with Dallas at 7-5. This becomes a big game for them at home. 
tough call for me to trust the, the Lions outdoors on the road like this, but I think this is a different team. I think they're more balanced. Their front uh, uh, seven, and especially the front four, I think will put more pressure on, on the Foles. He performed pretty well, all things considered, against the solid Arizona team last week. But I think the uh, Lions are the better team getting points. We'll look at this a little further in the week. Game 145, the Miami Dolphins travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Three is the number. Steelers three-point favorite at home. 41 is the total. I talked a little bit earlier about the weather. I think this is another game that could be under the total. Now, Pittsburgh, when they don't get the running game going, Big Ben is very solid, not only moving in, uh, out of the pocket, but he's good moving on the run and, and, and making accurate passes. And um, I'll tell you situationally, you know, weeks ago they had the incognito issue with the offensive linemen and the suspensions and some of the issues going on with the Dolphins. And obviously last week I thought it might show up again further with uh, at New York, but it didn't. Well, this is a tough, tough spot, I think, for Miami. They go on the road last week at a key win to stay in the wild card race on the road against division rival. They go back home to warm and sunny practice, come back east to Pittsburgh where the weather's going to be bad. Steelers off that tough loss at Baltimore. Their season really gone, but I still think that they're going to perform pretty well here against a Miami team that uh, not not uh, um, offensively, I think they're just going to have a little more trouble here. Um, favorites off a Thursday loss are 6-0 straight up against the spread this year. The Steelers are dealing with Tomlin's um, issue last, uh, last week in the NFL's addressing when he was on the field. I think when you look at the defensive situation that the Steelers only get um, I give them a, I give the Steelers still a yardage edge in this matchup, and despite some questionable defense at times, I don't think the uh, Dolphins are going to be able to take advantage. I, I, I'm going to look at the total on this one, probably under, and uh, I just no way I'm going to play the underdog this week. I think the situation is too full, poor, poor, poor against Miami. Game 147, Buffalo Bills at Tampa Bay. The Bucks laying two and a half, and the total here is 42 and a half, 43 in many places. Uh, boy, the Bills got robbed last week, and so did we. Um, that was one of our rare losers. We had the Bills last week. They lose in overtime. They give up the late score late in the game to tie it, the touchdown, and then lose in overtime. And you read some of the articles. There was some real complaining going on about the officiating against the Bills last week. And uh, the frustration for them is that if you look at the standings, you think, well, they weren't in position. But I think the Bills have been playing decent enough and good enough uh, to be better than their 4-8 records. Had they won last week, they're not totally out of it. They'd only be a game back of the wild card. So that's got to be emotionally uh, deflating for them. But going to Tampa Bay with the rookie backfield, Glennon probably the best rookie quarterback performing this year. But, again, last Last week, they get buried, as, as we thought, in the running game at Carolina. They return home now in a favorite role. I don't want to bet a bad team in a favorite situation. And, in fact, I've got some situations that teams off a loss, returning home in December, losing record, and they're laying a field goal or less, bad bets. If anything, I'll keep you off the Bucks this week. I think the Bills are the better team. In fact, I'm pretty sure the Bills are the better team. It's just emotionally, where are they after seeing their season? Basically, they'll go bye-bye. They're going to have to win out. To, you know, and There might be an 8-8 eight eight team in the AFC playoffs this year, and they'd have to win out. I think they can start it here. If I look at they're one of the top rushing teams in the league, the Buffalo Bills, I give them an edge in the running game. 
Tampa, as bad as they are with their record, they're plus 10 in turnovers this year. This year, And if any of that levels out, we're going to see the Bucks go back to what we saw in a lot of their losses this year. So, like the Bills, they ran for 195 last week with 31 rushing attempts. We know how that should play out. I write about it. We had better than a 76. In fact, with the, with the 31 rushing attempts, the Bills win that game over 83% of the time last week against the Falcons, according to how I utilize stats and profiles. And they got beat last week. I think the running game, Spiller came back for 150 last week. He'll have another good game this week at Tampa. Game 149, the Tennessee Titans visit Denver against the high-flying Broncos. 11 and a half is the number, 49 is the total. And uh, another team that we're seeing just uh, slide by here. They're not out of it yet, 5-7 Tennessee. But again, last week... God, just mistakes for this Titans team. That's two times now they've lost to the Colts in both times that I think they should have beat them. They certainly had a chance. The Titans outrushed the Colts last week 162-104. to They run it 36 times. Again, this is a very, very positive situation to not only win games but win them against the spread. They lose it late when the Colts punch in a touchdown to cover the number 22-14. to But... Look at the turnover column, and you'll see the Titans had four, the Colts had one. That was the difference in this ball game because the Titans controlled the clock chains and 24 first downs to 18. They played well enough. They just weren't efficient. Just 4.7 yards per play with 367 yards of offense. But the defense is a positive indicator last week again. 264 yards they held the Colts to at home at 4.3 yards per play. So now I'm looking at this week, and I see Denver high-flying. Well, they just went ahead in the division, 10-2 against 9-3 Kansas City. But they have beaten the Chiefs twice. That means they're two games clear. This is the best team in the AFC. It's going to be the Super Bowl rep in my mind. They're going to have to come through here, but this is still a letdown situation. I think Tennessee still plays pretty hard here, and I think this is going to be less scoring than expected. And that's tough to do in Denver games with their high-flying offense. But I think it's going to be less than 49 this week. And I do, uh, if I had to lean it, Still probably be with the Titans because I think their running game is going to be enough. And when you think of the Denver Broncos, just know that while think, while many still today are they're a high-flying passing team, it's just not the, the case. And the stats prove that out. Last week they ran the ball 31 times. And they averaged, I think, over tw almost 29 times per game for the season. So they have the balance and the strength on offense, but I think it's a letdown situation for Denver this week. Game 151, the St. Louis Cardinals travel to Arizona, take on the Cards. Cardinals are six-point favorite, totals 41.5. We had the Eagles last week laying three. I should have had that cover, but and, uh, again, a lot of people were on Arizona last week, and I know a lot of pro bettors, they got things from pro bettors that were betting Arizona, and I just thought outdoors in the early start, but more importantly, I thought Philadelphia with the rest would come, and I, I'll give you this, that the Arizona defense was still very impressive, as was the St. Louis Rams last week. Despite a 23-13, just barely non-cover, the Rams defense held the 49ers on their home field to 338 yards and 5.5 yards per plate, which is about league average. It's between 5.3 and 5.4. Rams offense, just 4.7 yards per play. I think they're going to struggle a little bit this week again at Arizona in back-to-back -back road division games. But look at the running game. 49ers have a solid running attack. They're balanced. 
They have a good offensive line, and they run the ball efficiently and well. They only had 83 yards on 30 carries last week. That tells me the Rams' defense we know has been coming around, playing much better. They're going to slow the running game, which isn't real strong already. Ellington was out last week for the Cardinals. Check his status. But I think this will ultimately depend on the quarterbacks. And now you have back up in St. Louis. And you have Carson Palmer, who had a couple of mistakes last week, but overall performed very well, better receivers. But I think this is another game under the total. I, I, I'm pretty confident this is going to come down to the key number and very possibly below 41. So if you like it, play it now under the total of preferred play this week in Arizona. Game 153, the New York Giants visit San Diego. The Chargers lay in 347.5. I'm not impressed with the Giants. I don't know. Uh, how, how you still can be despite the road win. Well, guess what? Back-to-back road games against the rival um, at Washington now travel cross-country with a with a Giants team that had 80 yards rushing, 206 yards passing against the dreadful Washington Redskins defense last week. That's 286 yards, 5.3 yards per play. If we look at form and then you look at how they had faced some poor quarterbacks for a number of weeks, they're going to face a top-tier one here. I think the Chargers are angry, pissed off. They faced a good defense and scheme last week, even though the Bengals have some injuries on the defensive side, like the Chargers this week at home. I think they come back, bounce back big against a team that, um, again, Recovered from a 6-0 start, but if you look at where they're at, 5-7 and for the Giants, they're, they're, uh, they think they're still in it, but they're not, and this is the week they get buried overall. San Diego at 5-7, and still in the AFC wildcard chase, and I think they're a pretty good team. They actually should have beaten a few of their opponents, and if I look at the statistical profiles and how I project, I actually have San Diego and uh, the Giants putting up more passing yards this week, but a significant edge in the passing game for uh, San Diego and QB Rivers. I think he goes over 300 this week in the passing game. And again, coming off the situational game against rival Redskins, we get uh, a pretty good size edge here, I think, with the Chargers. And their two home losses to Denver and Cincinnati, clearly better than the Giants, lay the short number with the San Diego Chargers this week. All right, big game in the NFC West. Seattle visits San Francisco for a rematch when the Seahawks pounded the San Francisco 49ers the first time they played. Right now we're seeing the numbers come out in places two and a half. We're seeing uh, here in Las Vegas three plus plus even money for the San Francisco 49ers. Totals looks like it's going to come around 41 and a half on this game. Not everyone's posting it yet. But what an impressive performance by the Seattle Seahawks. And I gave it to you for free. A rated play last week, this past Monday, last night. They absolutely annihilate the New Orleans Saints. And it gets back to the fundamentals of football. Saints are one-dimensional. They're trying to run it more. They don't. They got buried by a quality top-tier running game and defense, even without a couple cornerbacks in the secondary. This week, though, this is going to be a war. I mean, San Francisco has been waiting for this game since they got beat and kind of embarrassed the first time around. And while Seattle's plenty clear at 11-1 and one, and San Francisco's looking up at them at 8-4, you're going to get a monumental effort here. I know Seattle wants this one as well, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty partial that this is going to be a, a lower-scoring game. I think you're going to see the top defenses here, the physical defenses of the 49ers against the top end, maybe the best defense in football. And uh, we always saw a few weeks ago, Kaepernick really struggled in the passing game against some top-tier defenses. They had back-to-back weeks of less than 200 yards. It's going to be a war, and I like the under in this game this week. We'll decide on the side later on and decide if the San Francisco 49ers are going to have enough to shut down Seattle completely to beat them this week.
We'll go in rotation order down at the bottom. The Atlanta Falcons visit Green Bay. That game's been moved up to 1 o'clock Eastern time. No line on this game. You got the quarterback issues. So not much to talk about except that I'll tell you this. Surprisingly, the Atlanta Falcons ran the ball 30 times last week. And they upset the Bills. And they upset us betters on the Bills last week. I didn't expect Atlanta would run it 30 times for a buck 50, but guess what? They gave it 195 on 31 carries to the Bills. And the Packers are going to run it and run it and run it some more this week. And the rookie running back, Lacey, is going to get his share. Um, regardless of the quarterback situation, um, I think the Packers are getting a little undervalued um, with all the losses. It hasn't shown up because they've been beaten. Vikings went in here a few weeks ago, had them beat in the fourth quarter, 23-7, but they ultimately tie. Atlanta's different, though. This team going outdoors, going on the road, second straight week. This could get ugly, and uh, they're going to have to rely on Ryan in the passing game. Let's see where the number comes. Packers are going to be a pretty decent-sized favorite here in the touchdown range, and uh, despite the backup quarterback, but uh, let's take a look at this later in the week. All right, the marquee game that's been moved to Sunday night is game 141. The Carolina Panthers at New Orleans. Three and a half for the Saints laying at home. Totals 45 and a half. Let's set this game up a little bit. These two teams are playing for the first time this season. They'll get another crack at each other in a couple of weeks. As we come down the stretch of the final four weeks, New Orleans and Carolina are both tied on top of the NFC South at 9-3. and three. Not only is it big to get the division win, but it's likely, very likely, almost certain that the winner of this game has, has moved forward to get the number two seed in the NFC. That means first round bye. So you see the importance. New Orleans six and out home this year. We know how strong they are and we know how dominant they are, especially under head coach Peyton after missing last year. They just continue to roll teams. So it's very difficult to play against them. You saw what this team did in uh, just recent weeks when, when at home they were laying uh, uh, three and a half, Actually, it was three. It was probably a push, but again, went to three and a half. They beat San Francisco here 23-20, to 20, but they buried Dallas the week before in a passing, and you see the one-dimensional attack. But that's not Carolina. This team is balanced. I'd like to see this team have more production of their running backs because I just don't believe when your quarterback leads your team in rushing, you're going to ultimately have enough success, certainly to win come playoff time consistently. And that's Cam Newton still led this team in rushing last week. Yet, this defense is so dominant. And uh, you saw New Orleans, We, if you haven't talked about there's a lot of positive indicators. Team that play the physical Seattle Seahawks really struggle the next week. Now they do it on a short week at the return home against a better defense, the better running game. You know how that played out with Seattle over New Orleans. Now you have it with Carolina. Despite them being on the road, that's probably the way I lean this week. And um, I think we're going to see less scoring than expected. Even on this home field where Breeze puts up tremendous numbers, this is the best defense he's faced. Pretty high total, all things considered, when you have a top-tier defense like Carolina. Remember, this is the biggest improvement in defense of a team anywhere. The New Orleans Saints, as dreadful as they were last year, they're very, very good and improved this year. They were allowing about 318 yards per game going into Seattle. Well, that was a tough place to play in a tough environment. They come back this week with not as explosive an offense, probably less scoring than expected in this key marquee game. Sunday night, Monday night, of course, the matchups, Dallas and Chicago. I write that up. Appreciate all the positive feedback and comments I get. FairwayJ at gmail.com. You can reach me. And uh, that's it for the Week 14 
uh, Vegas Sports Zone betting podcast. I hope you enjoy the handicapping information. I'll continue to write up, provide tweets. I put out ATS situations. I do a lot of writing. I'm trying to keep it all going with all the sports, championship week in college football, bowls coming up, playoffs coming up, and, of course, get on for the top plays as we crushed it last week. Find me a handicapper that has had that kind of week any time this season. Send it to me at fairwayj at gmail.com. I'll give you another break in price if you show me who's producing that kind of result in that kind of week. Appreciate you listening week 14. The uh, NFL is in the books. Enjoy all the games this week and good luck.